going on? Nick Kirby, Craig Sandlin. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds Live, your post-game show on a tough night for the Reds as they fall 9-4 to the St. Louis Cardinals. Craig, not a fun night for the old Red Legs. Not a fun night. My magic wore off a little bit. Couldn't bring it home for the squad. I apologize to everybody in the chat. But look, a couple high notes, a lot of low notes, and some encouraging news out of the minors today as well that we'll get into. So not all is lost. We still have a series to want to win. Two more this weekend with the Cardinals. Didn't get a whole lot of help around the league, but a lot of baseball left to play, Nick. We'll jump right into it with the old box score recap. Top of the first, Andrew Abbott struck out Tommy Edmond on three pitches. Got a weak pop-up of Tyler O'Neill looking good early. But then he walked Paul Goldschmidt. Nolan Arenado reached on an air by Noel V. Marte. And then Wilson Gutierrez hit an absolute bomb 440 feet into the bleachers. And just like that, it was 3-0 St. Louis. Top of the third, it was literally deja vu. Abbott walked Paul Goldschmidt with two outs. Nolan Arenado singled. Wilson Contreras walked. And then Lucan, Lucan Baker hit a cheap double down the line, just 80 miles an hour off the bat. That cleared the bases, and it was 6 nothing. Cardinals. Not going to win a whole lot of baseball games when you fall behind 6 nothing. But the Reds did. They fought back. Bottom of the third, Hunter Renfro hit his first home run with the Reds, a two-run home run. Number 20 on the season for him. That made it 6-2. Then later in the inning, Nixon Zell hit a home run. Zell's got 11 home runs this season. That made it 6-3. Bottom of the fourth, Reds stole a run from the Cardinals. Novi Marte singled. Harrison Bader hit a ball well that looked like a surefire double off the bat. But Jordan Walker made a great throw to get Bader at second base. But then Spencer Steer was hit by a pitch. Steer then stole second base. Cardinals second baseman Nolan Gorman must have forgot. There was a runner on third. He looked down, and Noelvi Marte scored easily. And that got the Reds to a 6-4 deficit fighting back. But the Reds, they left runners on first and third in the fifth. And then a big spot that I'm sure we'll talk about, Reds left the bases loaded in the sixth inning as David Bell really emptied his entire bench to try to get back in this. Unfortunately, Fernando Cruz just back off the COVID IL. He had been rolling, had a lot of run in his last 10 and two-thirds innings. But on this night, he walked a batter, hit a batter, uh, had a wild pitch, and he ended up giving up two runs to the Cardinals. That made it 8-4. Cardinals got another run off TJ Anton in the eighth. That made it 9-4. And that would be your final score. Uh, Craig, let's just kind of go through this. We'll start with Andrew Abbott. Um, obviously, the walks were the killer tonight. And, you know, we've mentioned it a lot on this, this show. When he doesn't walk guys he's really really hard to beat when he walks guys he he's pretty beatable i don't want to make too much out of this outing because you know if Novi Marte makes that play you know it might be a, a different game in in some respects but you know the feelings that we had prior to that really incredible start against the cubs were he looks like he's running out of gas i don't know if i ever really felt like he was like like running on fumes tonight but kind of back in the spot where you really have to be concerned. What are you going to be able to get out of Andrew Abbott over these last three weeks of the season? Well, as pitchers get tired, they lose mechanics and ultimately that's what it comes down to. Right? So for me, there were two stories to this game. Uh, one offensively, which the chat has touched on a lot uh, before we even started tonight. 
Um, and the other one was on the mound in walks. Uh, in the six innings that Reds pitching did not give up a walk. So six innings that the Reds pitching did not give up a walk. Four hits, one run. Obviously, the three innings that they did give up a a walk, we know the story and how that went. Uh, so, yeah, you look at the, 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 the first three innings and the two innings specifically where Abbott had damage done. He retired the first two batters in both of those innings and then a walk. And like you said in the intro, nearly identical to, to what happened. Um, walk, single, home run in the first. Walk, single, walk, double in the third. And that's really your story. I mean, you get down 6 nothing, and you're having to try to claw back from the very beginning. And while this Reds team has shown uh, ability to to hit the bullpen and, and score runs late in games, getting down 6 nothing is is not exactly a mental space that you want a young team to be in. And I think that's really what it came down to tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, to the Reds' credit, they did fight back. You know, when you fall down 6 nothing, your chances of winning are, are very, very slim. The Reds got it 6-4. They had the uh, tying run on uh, – they had the go-ahead run on base at one point in this game. Um, so, so they did fight back. Uh, look, the Cardinals have a good offense. Um, I, I, if you listen to the podcast this morning, I, I ran through the numbers. They've been an above-average offense in the second half. Uh, offense really has not been their problem. It's been pitching which you could kind of see at times tonight. Matthew Libertor, a guy that's really been bad for them all year, made one really, really good pitch to Tyler Stevenson. And uh, that really was maybe the difference in winning and losing tonight. It, it, some of these games, it's uh, it can be such a you know finite line between winning and losing. And uh, this was a tough one. To the offense, I, I know the the left on the, the runners left on base is is uh you know what everyone wants to talk about, and I get it. I'm still encouraged by the offense, especially where we were two weeks ago. I mean, they had 10 hits tonight. They had plenty of chances. The name of the game for me is all about getting chances. I'll worry about average with runners and scoring position and all those kind of things when we see game after game after game after game of getting chances. Get chances. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's kind of where I'm at, and they, they, they at least this last week, they've been giving themselves a lot of chances, and if they continue to do this, I think they'll be successful over these last couple weeks of the season. I talked about it the last time I was on. At the end of the day, when the Reds went on their 12-game winning streak, and they even talked about it on the broadcast tonight, it wasn't about hitting home runs. It wasn't about all those things. It was about stringing together quality at-bats and quality innings and scoring runs, and I think they're doing exactly that now. They're just not getting the run production that you would expect from the type of production they're getting at the plate. So you talk about 10 hits. They had plenty of opportunities tonight. They're just not getting the runs across the plate. I think it's a combination of you've got a young team who in high pressure situations has to be able to come through and that'll come with comfort. Um, but also it's just timing and luck. I mean, yeah, Libertor made a really good pitch to Stevenson. What is it in the zone? Probably not, but that's not a pitch that very many major league hitters are going to be taking in a three, two count in that situation. I mean, it's coming from a left-handed pitcher down and into your right-handed batter, barely inside and down, maybe really quality pitch. You tip your cap, you move on. 
Uh, it just sucks that that pitch happened to come with bases loaded and Tyler Stevenson being a go-ahead run um, versus some of the situations that we talk about with the Cardinals where they're capitalizing on those opportunities. And it, I don't think it has anything to do with the pressure getting to the team. It might maybe a little bit, but it just just kind of happens and Libertor made a good pitch and um, and again, you tip your cap and move on. And just to kind of expand on it a little bit, so coming into the game tonight, look at the Reds' season-long numbers. The Reds with runners in scoring position hitting 251 on the year. That's their batting average. The Reds' team batting average in the year is 248. So it hasn't been a specifically a not being able to get clutch hits. It's just at times they haven't been good enough offensively. I, I really don't think it's a clutch versus not clutch thing. I think that's the easy thing to point to. I just think the Reds need to overall have better at bats. And I do think over the last at least week, they've, they've done that. Um, let's get into a couple guys in particular. Uh, one guy really encouraging to see two hits tonight, both, both hard hit balls. One of them, a home run Hunter Renfro, a guy that the Reds got the Reds really need him to be a power guy. Cause that's been a, a huge, uh, uh, struggle for the Reds of late hit a home run tonight. Uh, good to see him, uh, finally get something going. Really good to see him get going and three really good at bats too, uh, to start the game. I mean, he starts the game in the first inning with a, I think a nine pitch single, uh, nine pitch at bat that resulted in a single. Obviously he takes the first pitch in the third inning for a home run. Uh, it works a walk in the sixth. And so, yeah, good to get him going. Uh, if you can get him and Bader, both kind of work in their magic a little bit. Uh, this team becomes instantly better. Um, so it was good to see him uh, get going a little bit. The two RBIs uh, were nice. And uh, after getting down 6 nothing to be able to come back and be 6-3, puts the team in a different mind headspace and um, pretty pretty big home run there in the moment, at least it felt like. Yeah, another, another ho-hum night for Spencer Steer. Two hits. Uh, CES... Two hits also uh, came sort of maybe a little close to a home run in the ninth. Um, CES continuing to swing the bat well. We'll talk more about about him a little later when we kind of uh, go through the Reds minor leagues, which is going to lead into uh, some potential challenging moves for the Reds and, and David Bell going forward. So David Bell, the other thing really to kind of look at, David Bell went for broke in this game. Uh, when you're down six nothing, you obviously need to do everything you can to get offense to give yourself a chance. And, and in some regards, they did. I guess it was a controversial to some. I didn't really think it was controversial, but but I my Twitter mentions would say otherwise. David Bell decided to go to Tyler Stevenson, um, and with the bases loaded in the sixth inning, Reds were down six four, two outs. So it's pretty much a you know make or break moment in this game. Uh, he uh, goes to Stevenson against Matthew Libator, uh, pinch hitting for Friedel. And uh, we, we've talked about Friedel a lot on this show. Friedel is one guy that has hit lefties better throughout his career. Um, I, I think if you kind of look maybe a little bit deeper, you could probably say that overall he probably profiles as a hitter that eventually will be a better hitter against right-handed pitching, but he's a capable hitter for sure against lefties. But Tyler Stevenson has been absolutely on fire. Hitting 375, 412, 667, 
uh, over his last 51 plate appearances, just has been playing his best baseball of the year. And then Matthew Libertor is a guy that, uh, if he could face lefties exclusively, would be a damn good pitcher. Uh, great career numbers against lefties, but against uh, right-handed batters, he's got a op- given up an OPS over 900 in his career so far. I like the move going to Stevenson. Uh, I-, I thought it gave you your best chance. Stevenson just didn't come through. You know, it happens. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the best hitters are going to be successful, you know, one out of every three times or so. I like the move. I liked going for broke. I also found it. Well, let's just talk about that. And then we'll talk about some of the defensive moves and, and what all maybe that meant. what do you think about that going for broke tonight? I think the people that are complaining about that are the same people that say your closer should only be thrown in the ninth inning. At the end of the day, you want your best players in the, in the situation where you need them the most. And in that situation, you have bases loaded. You yes. Friedel has a three sixteen split against lefties this year. I get that, but it's limited. Uh, situations versus literally maybe the hottest hitter in your lineup, certainly one of the best, the top three in your lineup in Tyler Stevenson. And I don't think there was even a question in my mind when I saw Friedel was coming up on deck that he wasn't going to be hitting in that situation. Um, So my mind immediately went to Tyler Stevenson coming into that situation and um, it didn't work out, but that doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. And you've said that exact same phrase feels like a hundred times throughout the season. Uh, people like to think that David Bell overmanages just because sometimes the decisions don't work out. That doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. Um, Tyler Stevenson, like you said, is red hot right now. He had an opportunity to go up against a left-handed pitcher. I, I don't think there's any question that 95% of the managers in this league would do the exact same thing. Um, I think in that moment, you're down. You need you need that opportunity. You may not get it again, especially because you know that Helsley again one of the better closers in the league. So once you get to that ninth, you may not have an opportunity. The Cardinals bullpen in general is not great, so you could have thought that you would have another opportunity in the next two innings. But I think you have to strike while the iron is hot, and in that opportunity, that was the that was the move, and it had to be made. And I I always like to look at moves like this. Put yourself in Matthew Libator's shoes. Who do you think Matthew Libator would have rather faced? I guarantee you he would have rather faced TJ Friedel than Tyler Stevenson. So look, it didn't happen tonight. Um, but I, I do like the overall thought of when you're down, going for broke, saying the hell with the defense. You do whatever you can to get back in the game. Um, I'm a big defense guy. Defense absolutely matters. But when you're down runs... You, 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 there's there's it's more of you know you're you're at the casino you're down to five bucks you're not gonna come out with a hundred bucks if you keep betting you know a quarter at a time right you're gonna have to put something down to give yourself a chance to get to, to, to leave successful and uh I, I liked going for it um I, I, there's been other managers the Reds have had in the past that would be like oh I gotta keep my guy for a situation that may or may not happen and I'm just like why what's the point of that um you know that was that was the spot and as the game played out it even made it more apparent that was the spot um in the game it just uh didn't happen tonight but let's talk about the moves that happened because a we saw tyler stevenson play first base for the first time in a forever it's been a long time (laughs) since he's played first base we saw christian and carnacion strand play right field 
CES did play a couple games in the minors. I, I don't think they want to start him in the outfield, but I think they feel comfortable if it's a situation like that for a couple innings. It, it's not the end of the world. And uh, Jake Fraley was never used because Jake Fraley could have came in as a defensive replacement. And I think that's pretty big because we'll get to what they did tonight in a second, but it sounds like Jonathan Indy and Joey Votto might be back very soon. You can't play Joey Votto, Christian Encarnacion Strand, and Jake Fraley at the same time unless you're playing Christian Encarnacion Strand at a position other than first base. So, um, but I do I do like Tyler Stevenson at least being available to play first base because I think it gives you more options because the Reds right now have too many guys that are like first base DH only guys, right? 100%. I Going back to what you were saying before, um, CES is gonna have to play either first base or outfield like unless he's spelling Marte at third for a game here and there if you want to get him at bats it means he's got to be in first base outfield or DH but that's it um Tyler Stevenson we have talked on this show the people in the chat have talked plenty he may or may not be your catcher of the future right now, offensively he's been superb defensively not as much but Getting him at bats any way you can, especially if he can hit like he has for the last number of games, you need that bat in your lineup. And so having the flexibility, whether it's DH, first base, that'll be positive for the Reds moving forward and in the years to come. Stevenson's not going to play the outfield. CES has the opportunity to, but you're not going to fit all four of those guys in to the lineup at once. So um it was it was interesting to see uh, that move, but I think again when you go for it in the sixth, like you did, and Fraley is the only guy you have left, it almost becomes like an emergency situation where you have to keep him on the bench in case something comes up and you need it. Um, because as much as you went for broke there, you also still have to be planning for the future. Um, so whether that was a he can't play defense because of his foot or we want to save him. I guess we don't really know. Um, but I, I think probably more so that he was, we need to make sure that we have somebody on the bench. Should we need him? Yeah. At that point in the game, a couple other things in this game that I did want feel like were worth mentioning. Um, shout out Buck farmer pitched, uh, got, got four outs, didn't allow run shout out. Uh, Chasen Sharif pitched a perfect inning with a strikeout. I think he's looked pretty good. Um, other than that, that home run to Cody Bellinger, which, you know, Cody Bellinger is a pretty good hitter. Uh, he's looked really sharp. and has been, a, I think, a, a nice, nice weapon for the Reds. TJ Antone gave up a run. Oh, well. Derek Law pitched a scoreless inning. Shout out Derek Law. Uh, and then the, the guy that I did want to mention, talk a little bit about was Fernando Cruz. Obviously struggled tonight with his command. Still struck out two batters. You see why guys like me love Fernando Cruz because he's got some incredible talent, some incredible swing and miss talent, uh, which you love. Um, but it was the guy's first game back from from uh, being on the COVID IL, being rusty. I mean, it was, it was you know when you're down, that's a good spot to pitch him in his first game back. Yes, it kind of did put the game out of hand, but you'd rather him pitch tonight down 
six four than tomorrow for the first time when you're up two one or something like that. Um, I, I I don't have any worries with Fernando Cruz. You have any any worries with Cruz? I think he's still a very valuable bullpen arm for this team down the stretch. I don't have any concerns at all. I think one of the things as I was watching the game that I was thinking through, and I don't I don't know all the rules. I'm not going to pretend that I know what Fernando Cruz did with this time. But the difference between the IL and the COVID IL is that not only was he not able to play in games, but he wasn't even allowed to be around the facility, if I understand correctly. And so you're talking about probably a five to seven day stretch where he's not at the facility getting in work right now. He may have an opportunity privately to go get a workout in or whatever it may be, but he's probably not on his standard work routine and regimen right so this for all we know this may have been the first time he had pitched off a mound in a week um i don't know i'm just speculating here obviously but um coming off the COVID il seven days eight days whatever it ended up being he probably hadn't thrown getting you know getting a feel for the ball and, and back on the field i don't have any long-term concerns for him um Coming into tonight since August 1st, I mean, he had a 2.25 ERA and was striking out 14.25 per nine. I mean, he struck out again, too, tonight, like you mentioned. I think the stuff is still there. He'll just need to figure out, you know, he's just got to get comfortable again. I don't think there's anything to that. And I think you see maybe with, with what Cruz did tonight, why the Reds didn't pitch Hunter Green tonight, because Hunter Green was eligible to pitch tonight. Um, but they elected to push him back to Sunday. Uh, that also might be to get another start out of Carson Spires because he's technically, I think, a replacement player. So there might be some manipulating the 40-man roster and all that uh, with that. But, I, I mean, there's definitely some concerns, though, with Hunter Green. I'm not not going to sugarcoat it when you see what Fernando Cruz did after his time off. Man, it just sucks for Hunter for Hunter, Hunter Cruz. <laughs> Hunter Cruz. <laughs> If combine those two, man, that'd be lights out. Uh, they probably still walk a lot of guys though, but <laughs> but yeah, um, the question is, I just don't know what he's able to do. Obviously, he's not activated from the COVID list right now, um, won't be probably until Sunday morning. So, I don't know what kind of um, off season workouts he's allowed or not off season, but um, off day workouts he's able to do. Maybe you have insight into that. Yeah, I think Hunter he was, was at back, the game tonight. Well, I think he was back with the team like on Monday or Tuesday. So okay. he's been he's been back for a while and and so maybe that gives a little more a little more fingers crossed hope that that he can jump right back in because I mean man you really need him. Yeah, and like you said, potentially knowing that the starting rotation is a little banged up, Spires didn't look terrible um in his first start. Um so, you know, maybe manipulate it a little bit and throw him out there again and see what you can get. Yeah, you're you're trying to buy they, uh buy innings any way you can at this point. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds bad to say, but looking at the matchups and what you had, you may have thought that you had two out of three anyway with Abbott and Green, and maybe you felt like Saturday you could afford something like that, but who knows? Um there's a lot of things that go into decisions like this. Um but yeah, you've got a starting rotation that's banged up, and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some uh, Reds MILB. And I think there'll be some, uh, um, you know, good discussion uh, along with this. 
So we'll start off with the Louisville Bats. And the Louisville Bats' top three lineup today was Jonathan India, Kevin Newman, and Joey Votto. So uh, definitely a fun night for Louisville. They did lose 7-6. to six. Bats now, they're just two games over 500. That was looking like they were finally going to have their uh, uh, first season over 500 since uh, 2011. So they got their work cut out for them to, uh, they still got like, I think 14 games left. But nonetheless, you're not here to hear about the Louisville Bats record. You're here to hear about what the, the rehabbing guys did. Start off with a really, really good. Jonathan India looked awesome tonight. One for two, walked. The walk, I think, was a nine-pitch walk. The the out was a ball that maybe was a home run at Great American Ballpark. It was smoked off the bat, uh, up against the wall. And then the double also bounced off the wall, hit really hard as well. So Jonathan India looked awesome. <laughs> we thought Jonathan India was the guy that was going to do five rehab games i don't i don't know maybe you know especially with a righty on sunday i doubt they're going to activate india on sunday uh that does but he very well might be back on uh on tuesday against the tigers uh next week so he looked great kevin newman who was 0 for 9 uh coming in was three for five tonight i don't really know what the reds plan with kevin newman is if i'm guessing i'm Assuming Newman's just probably insurance right now, kind of like Kirk Casale was. And then when the rehab's done, you just kind of put him in no man's land. I, I don't really know what the plan would be. Uh, Joey Votto did double. So that was the positive. Did strike out twice. Both strikeouts were on check swings. Kind of still felt to me, like, you know, I was trying to watch Votto's at-bats while also trying to watch the, the Reds game since we, we do cover that. It looked to me like Votto's still maybe cheating a little bit like we saw before. Uh, so some concerns. The double wasn't necessarily smoked. It was like 92 off the bat. Um, nice swing, though. You know, took it the other way. And then the other uh, out was a lazy flyout. So, but it would be remiss if I didn't mention that Jacob Herdeby was two for four, hitting 429 for Dayton. So he's uh, he's crushing it. And, uh, one really downer, Brett Kennedy got shelled seven and runs in three innings. So I think maybe uh, Brett Kennedy's given the Reds all he can get. So we'll get to the rest of the Reds minor league in a second, but I want to stop there and talk about what everyone wants to talk about, I'm sure, today is where are you going to play all these guys? Uh, because that's uh, that's the question. As we set it up earlier, it doesn't seem like you could play Votto, Fraley, and CES together, which is a problem. Um, well, let's start with this, Nick. <clears throat> Before we even get to to where everybody plays, I think the obvious answer is Stu. Sorry, Nick. Who else? Obviously, as you love to talk about, a lot of stuff can change between now and then. But let's say Vado and India both show you enough that they are ready to come back and be on the big league roster. Play Nick Crawl and David Bell. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, Stu's the guy. I hate to say it. I'm a big Stuart Fairchild fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely the odd man out here. There's no question about that. Who's the next guy, though? I mean, Nick Zell Homer tonight. He's looked pretty good in his platoon role. Uh, 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 let, let's, <laughs> let, let's be realistic I, here. Your options. Senzel Homer tonight. Martini's been on fire. Will Benson? I mean, no, he, I, he, I, 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 I legitimately, and I, 
we can go through the active position players. I mean, you're, Ellie's not going anywhere. CES isn't going anywhere. Noelvi's not going anywhere. Senzel has to be an option. Steer's not going anywhere. Bader's not going anywhere. Benson, right. Fairchild have to be options. Fraley's not going anywhere unless they decide that his toe is just not able to be played on anymore. Friedel's not going anywhere. Martini and Renfro. Like, just I, getting both of the guys on the roster is hard. A hundred percent. And and look, we we were talking about this today. Unless Joey Votto destroys the baseball at AAA, it's legitimately hard to justify a, a position on this team for him right now. And I think India is a no-brainer. He brings you power and he brings you um the team loves him. The leadership, obviously, um, I have I have no doubt that Jonathan India will have a spot on this team, and and Stu will will be sent down. I I do not know what happens with Joey Votto, and we talked about it when it happened. And unless something changes, we may have seen the last of Joey Votto on this team. Even if he does play, I mean, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you justify giving him a position on the 25 man right or on the 26 man right now. 28 man. 28 man right now. You have, you have 28 man. And we've had an offense that's kind of struggling, but we can't find a way to get two guys on this roster. And yeah, I mean, Fairchild obviously is the, the guy that goes. I think we can both agree. India it's, it's, for Fairchild, Fairchild's gone. If Votto, I mean, that's your question. I'm putting you in position right now. If barring injuries, obviously knock on wood, three, four, five days from now, when it's time to make a decision on Joey Votto, what are you doing? I don't know. I was very shocked that David Bell was so confident that we're planning on activating him on Sunday. I Nick Martini, I guess, has to be the odd man out just because of the your left-right things. Because, again, I, th- I still think Sinzel gives you... L- let's just let's run through the lineup that was, that was tonight, okay? Mm-hmm. So, basically, Jonathan India can replace uh, Stuart Fairchild in the lineup, and that's your lineup against left-handed, or left-handed pitchers. You're moving some guys around, but that's the gist of it, and your lineup's set. And, and I think Sinzel deserves to be in the lineup the way he's hit lefties. He had a home run tonight. Against righties, you have to sit one of your left-handed batters to get Joey Votto and Jonathan India into the lineup. <laughs> right? And you still have to sit one of CES or Noel V. Marte on top of it. So, I I, I, I guess it's Nick Martini or Will Benson. I just, I, I just, I have a difficult time believing with what we saw out of Joey Votto and I hate to say this. I just have a difficult time believing what we saw to Joey Votto the last couple of weeks, and I know he was hurt, that he's a for sure better option than Nick Martini or Will Benson. That's where I just really struggle with this whole thing. I cannot believe I'm about to say what I'm going to say. I don't think you can send down Martini right now. I mean, I think, I think the way he's played the last two-plus weeks – He's earned a chance and not that Benson 
has been terrible, but Benson almost feels like the odd man out in this situation. If you believe that Vado is a guy that you want on your roster, like I, but now we're also talking about, let's bring this up. We're talking in that situation of replacing you're bringing in two infielders slash DHs and replacing two outfielders, right? And India has said before that he's not interested in playing in the outfield. And so it still leaves you with, with Bader, Greedle, and Renfro, but Fraley, potentially based on tonight, may not be available defensively. So it leaves you with four outfielders that are capable of playing the outfield. I mean, theoretically, um, obviously Steer could go back out there. We saw CES play tonight. Um, so it's not like you don't have options, but in terms of being true outfielders, you're left with maybe four. And Benson, we've seen him defensively make plenty of questionable routes. Um, so I'm not even sure that he's the best option. And for the people in the chat saying sit India or sit whatever, <clears throat> I refuse to give up on this race. Like we are not, we're gonna be in the playoffs. And so um I'm not listening to any of what you're saying. Um but I don't envy the Reds front office right now and having to make a decision on what to do with this team in the coming week. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I I, I guess you could send down Sinzel and Fairchild and then you have to play TJ Friedel against lefties, which is not the end of the world. But again, I just, I think Nixon Zell has proven at this point that he's a capable hitter against left-handed pitching based on what he's done all year. So I don't know. Maybe you can look at, maybe you can also look ahead and see how many lefties you actually have coming up. And maybe that actually has something to do with it. Maybe there really isn't that many lefties uh, with the, you know, the Tigers, the Mets, the twins, the pirates, the guardians and the the Cardinals again, but man, uh, yeah, this is tough. Um, I mean, I guess you're going to have a better bench though. I mean, I guess it's, it's Mark, Mark saying it right in the chat. It's a good problem to have to have this many players that are capable, but I, I'd be lying to you. I, I would be completely lying to you. If you, I'm not nervous that the Reds are going to be sitting a guy they shouldn't. And that's, that's what makes me nervous about, some of the comments that were made today. Uh, I mean, I think that this conversation has shown that regardless of what happens, someone who is deserving of a spot on this active roster is going to have to not be on the active roster. Um, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. it's it's tough. And, and look, this, this is why we do this for free. And why the Reds front office gets paid the big bucks. Well, and look, this all could solve itself out. Like Jake Fraley, 100%. Jake Fraley is doing everything he can, but he very well might be on borrowed time. And he may have something over the next two days that, that he, he needs to go back on the IL. And then the, the, this whole conversation is a complete wasted time. As many of these conversations end up being, but, uh, I did feel like it was worth talking about. It's 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 a lot more difficult situation than I think a lot of people are making. But nonetheless, very encouraged what I saw out of Jonathan India tonight. He looked very good, very comfortable with the plate. And he he could be a really huge help to this team, especially 
against left-handed pitching. He's a guy that has some some serious power, which is something this lineup's lacking a little bit right now. I like what I've seen out of Noelvi Marte, but if you had to move Noelvi Marte to the bench a few times, especially you can maybe pick some better good matchups for Marte. Marte can come in later in the game and be a defensive replacement. Uh, that that also, um, you know, is uh, is beneficial as well. But yeah, nonetheless, a lot of moves. And India did play second base today. I didn't see how he looked defensively or anything like that, uh, but he did play second base the the whole time he was in. So uh, that's worth noting as are, well. Are we safe to assume that Newman is just a DFA once he is done? Or, the, or they <clears throat> do the whole Casali thing where he just gets done with his rehab assignment and they list him as still on the injured list, even though he's clearly not injured and they're just basically keeping him... They... they, they they, they clearly had some agreement with Casale. You know, we prefer to keep you around in case someone gets hurt. And Casale's like, yeah, I don't really probably feel like, you know, getting put on waivers and going somewhere else. I'd rather stick in because he's been in the he's been in the Reds dugout every night. So he's still probably helping the team and he's an insurance policy just in case, you know, God forbid, Maley or, or Stevenson go down. And that's might be the same thing with Kevin Newman. And and if you're Kevin Newman at this point. Do you really want to go get put on waivers this late in the season? Because you, you're not going to be postseason eligible. You can't go play with any other team in the postseason. Right. Um, you, you probably just, you know, ride out the rehab assignment till the end, see if someone gets hurt and there's a spot for you. And then if not, you go on that that like injured reserve list and you're just kind of uh in the waiting in case something happens. So and, and it's also interesting too, too, Craig, because if somehow the Reds do get in the playoffs. Some of these guys that have been in limbo, you're not going to carry 14 pitchers in the playoffs. You might only carry 10 or 11. So we might see guys like Stuart Fairchild that maybe we haven't seen for two weeks get on a playoff roster if somehow the Reds are actually able to get on the playoffs. <laughs> so, all right, let's uh, let's run through the rest of these uh, Reds minor league. Not as not as much exciting outside of Louisville. That's why I did kind of want to make sure that we we knocked that out. Uh, Chattanooga they lost five uh, three to Montgomery. Uh, lookouts, of course, still uh, counting down the days until the playoffs. I believe they start on uh, September 21st. They've already qualified. That Blake Dunn fella, he hit it another home run. He's got 15 at Chattanooga, two for four today. Uh, so another good day for Reese Hines. Uh, then the Dayton Dragons, they were unfortunately eliminated for the season. Uh, they They fought till the end. They uh, have two games left tomorrow, Saturday, and uh, Sunday, and then their season's over. Uh, they lost 7-1 to Fort Wayne tonight, officially eliminating them. Uh, but they're 66-64, and 64, so they need to win one of the next two to have a uh, finish the season above 500. That would be their third straight season, I believe, above 500. Really not a whole lot going on this game. Of course, the game you lose 7-1 typically isn't. Uh, Hunter Park started the game. Uh, he's the guy that uh, their play-by-play announcer, Tom Nichols, said that scouts are looking at more than anyone. Uh, it was okay. Four innings pitched, four earned runs, four walks, did strike out five. Hector Rodriguez was two for four with a double, really the only guy that that had a good night. Arroyo was 0 for five. Sal Stewart 0 for two, did walk twice. Carlos Jorge 0 for three with a walk. And then the Daytona Tortugas, and their last week of the season, they had another rain out. I don't understand how a team in Florida has as many rainouts as that team does. I feel like they get rained out every other night. All right, tomorrow, Reds 
Cardinals. Reds need it 640 on a Saturday. It'll be Zach Thompson, another lefty going for the Cardinals. He is 4-5 and five with a 3.91 ERA this year. Thompson was actually a first-round draft pick of the Cardinals, 19th overall out of the University of Kentucky, so he's got some local ties. Born and raised in uh, Selma, Indiana. That's about two hours away from Cincinnati. Grew up a Cubs fan. So this has got to be a, a real uh, wild game for him, uh, pitching for the Cardinals against the Reds. Thompson, he was a guy that really wasn't on the radar. Um, like He was a high draft pick, but really has kind of struggled through the minors. Um, he started in the majors this year, got sent back down, got called back up, really struggled mightily with his command. This guy walked over 10 batters per nine innings at AAA this year. But somehow, some way, since moving into the Cardinals rotation on August 6th in uh, 29 innings, he's got a 3.41 ERA. So he has been pitching really well. But you know what? Maybe he's due for a stinker. Uh, he's never started against the Reds, but has pitched five innings in relief. They were five shutout innings, but those were all last year, not this year. For the Reds, it'll be... Carson Spires, what a story he's been. Uh, he was in the double A bullpen a little over a month ago. MLB debut on Sunday against the Cubs, four innings, three runs. Kept the ball in the ballpark, which is good to see. No home runs, struck out seven, only walked two. And he, he look, he's been on a roll. Last nine starts in, at double A Chattanooga before he got promoted, he had a 2.40 ERA, striking out a ton of batters over 12 per nine. So, see if he can get it done tomorrow. Big start for him. Uh, Reds do, Craig, have a pretty rested bullpen tomorrow, at least with their their top dogs. Um, Diaz has had two days off. No, Diaz has had uh, three days off. Sims has had three days off. Jabot's had four days off. Moles had two days off. So, so was that's last good. last time Ian Jabot had four days off, Nick? Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, Zach Thompson's coming in, like you said. Um Started the year in the bullpen, was roughed up, <clears throat> excuse me, spent some time in the minors. Um, in his five games as a starter, 3.6 ERA, uh, 25 innings, 10 runs, the seven walks that you talked about. Opponents are hitting 271 against him. So, um, you know, this offense can stay hot, uh, and there's certainly a, a winnable ball game tomorrow. Um, Carson Spires, like you said, kept the ball in the ballpark. So, and, uh, and had seven strikeouts in those four innings. So, uh, we'll see what he can do tomorrow against this potent Cardinals lineup. And I can't imagine the Reds are asking all that much out of him tomorrow. Like it may legitimately be one time through the order, unless he's rolling, uh, especially with, with, you know, kind of where your bullpen's at, you got an off day on Monday. So, uh, you can, you know, maybe be a little more aggressive with Hunter Green on Sunday. Knock on wood, we're hoping that he can come back and be, um, you know, fairly effective. Yeah, and Sean, Sean asks over under four and a half innings for Spires. I think I you go hammer, under. Hammer the under. I would yeah. pr I'd probably say under three and a half innings. <clears throat> I, I would I would say they're pr I would guess the Reds are hoping maybe for three innings. I don't think they're even looking for more than that. No, but I don't, especially with that rest of the bullpen, I don't think you need it. Um, but yeah, a winnable ball game. All right, Craig, you got any final thoughts? I got one more final thought before we roll out of here. Here's my final thought. Difficult to find spots for Vado in India. Everybody seems so convinced that India is going to be a better option, myself included. 
OPS on the year, 51 games, Votto, 761 OPS, Jonathan India, 744 OPS in 133 games. Votto in his 51 games, 33 RBIs, India in his 103, 52 RBIs. Joey Votto only batting 200 versus Jonathan India, 251, but numbers not that different. And yet, everybody seems so convinced that India is going to be a much bigger addition to the lineup. Vado, 13 home runs. India, 14. Something to ponder. All right. Something to ponder. My final thought. Last Friday in the afternoon, Red's got all those injury news. Everyone going on the IL. Friday night, the Reds started Lyon Richardson. Guy who started the year at Daytona this season. Next game, the Reds started Andrew Abbott. Guy that started at Double A this season. The next game, they started Carson Spires. Guy that was in the Double A bullpen a month ago. The next game, they started TJ Anton, a guy coming back from Tommy John surgery. Their bulk reliever was a guy named Michael Marriott, who had an ERA of near seven at AAA. Next game, they started Connor Phillips, started the year at double-A, was not even expected to pitch again, pitch in the big leagues this year. The next game, they started Lyon Richardson, who we already said, started the year in uh, Daytona. And then again tonight, they started Andrew Abbott, a guy that started the year at double-A. What was the Reds' record over those games, Craig? Four and three. I mean, the Reds survived a stretch that could have absolutely derailed this season. And any reasonable person would look at that and say, yeah, I mean, that's pretty uh, understandable that it did. They survived it. Uh, I know we haven't got a whole lot of help in the wild card race over the last couple of days, but that's going to change. Come on. These teams aren't that good. Everything finds this level. And uh, still alive. 19 games to play. We'll be here every single night talking about it. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We greatly appreciate all of the love and support. If you have not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, well, what are you waiting for? Do it right now as we have new episodes available bright and early the morning after every single Reds game this season, just in time for your daily commute, your morning coffee, or however else you get your day started. And also, make sure that you are subscribed to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so you can join us live after every single Reds game this season and be a part of the conversation. Hit the bell and turn on notifications also so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. We hope that you have a fantastic day. And as always, go Reds.